Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. On the show today is a young man by the name of Alex. Alex Roubo, who is building something here in France, in the land of baguettes and berets, a stacking service called Bitstack. I hope anybody else out there that is looking to start building an app in their own country will take inspiration from what Alex and his team have achieved. Enjoy this episode. But more importantly, make sure you reach out to Alex to say hi and to learn more about what they've done and how you might be able to implement it too. Before we get into the show, as always, I want to give a shout out to all you plebs. Didn't expect that, did you? I have been fortunate enough to meet a fair amount of you over the last three or four weeks at different events that I was able to attend around the UK, um, a few meetups at the Suffolk Jungle Room, met some local plebs over there in East Anglia, uh, got along to the Bedford opening game of the season, the real Bedford opener, and met the Bridge to Bitcoin guys. They'll be on the next show, I imagine. That will be the order of things, I think. So look out for that one. And it's just been great meeting so many different plebs around, um, around the place. The Bitcoin racing team, obviously, as well, because I managed to get across to their, their race meet at Snetterton. And there's going to be a huge race meet at Silverstone. Make sure you are following the Bitcoin racing story. There's already 100 people signed up to be at Silverstone for a Bitcoin meetup. Loads of fun and to watch two or three races that day. The, t- the, the team in action, the guys in action, it's going to be awesome. All right, that's, uh, that's enough pleb shouting out. Uh, if you plebs want to stack sats, you know where you can do that. If you're in the US, you can use swanbitcoin.com for your daily buys. People around the globe can use Swan Private, their private service, concierge service. But those of you that are looking to put up to 100 grand over 12 months into Bitcoin, they have you covered. They are also throwing the Pacific uh, Bitcoin Conference. Hit the link in the show notes. Use the code PRINCE at checkout and you will get a discount for that. That is going down in November. Coincorner.com have you covered in the UK and Europe. You can set up auto buys. You can also order their bulk card and go around and start using that at certain merchants. That's a huge part of this. Merchant adoption is massive. Not only that, they've managed to sponsor Oxford City and uh, pushing the Bitcoin message forward as hard as they can. Use Relay or Relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash Bitten to start stacking your sats. They are the swan of Europe and they also have their own private concierge service, which is becoming a thing now uh, amongst these providers. Make use of it. Use it and abuse it. Don't forget you got to stack safe. Use a hardware wallet. Use the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. These links are all in the show notes. And don't forget, 
you are about to run out of music, Dan. That's because I shielded the plebs too long. I didn't even get a chance to talk about the conferences. Well, here you go. If you do want to get out there and start meeting some plebs, I highly recommend it because it's such a, an incredible experience to be able to walk up to someone and connect with them in such a way that you've never connected with a complete stranger with like that in your life. It's something to be experienced. We talk about this in the next show with Bridge the Bitcoin, so I won't go on about it too much, but you can meet people and you can do that in Riga. There's gonna be the, the Baltic Honey Badger Conference that's coming up start of September. You can hit the link in the show notes. There's no discount for that. They don't need to offer you discounts because it's a small event, 800 to 1,000 people. It will sell out, so make sure you go and check it out. Uh, Amsterdam, the big one that's going to uh, to happen here with uh, the guys, the Bitcoin Magazine guys that organize the, uh, the Miami conferences, organizing one in Amsterdam. So hit the link in the show notes. You will get a discount if you use the code BITTEN. And Liberty in Our Lifetime being put on by the Free Cities Foundation at the end of October, 21 to the 23rd of October. Uh, I'll be there, I'll be at these, I'll be in Riga, I'll be in Amsterdam, I'll be in uh, Prague, uh, I'll also be in uh, Biarritz uh, as well. I'll be going to Silverstone, as uh, previously mentioned. Look forward to meeting you all there, and uh, I really hope uh, you, you, you consider going along and, uh, and meeting some plebs. Uh, finally, uh, a few pleb projects. Uh, Ungovernable Misfits is streetwear merch, and that is put on for you. Uh, by Mr. Crown and Max Bit by Bit. Uh, you might know him from his Bit by Bit podcast. Uh, they've got some great merch. I'm wearing one of their t-shirts as I speak, uh, Stag Sats and Chill. Uh, go check that out. There's a link in the show notes that's gonna get you some discounts on some of that merch. And Consensus Network, big shout out to Nico and the team that are doing as much as they can to transform, not just translate, transform as many Bitcoin books into as many different languages as humanly possible. It's a very noble effort. They need your support. Just just boycott buying your books from Amazon or anywhere else. Go to Consensus Network, hit that link. If you use the code BITTEN, you get 10% discount. And if you even use Bitcoin via the Lightning Network or on chain, you get an extra 10% discount and you can buy books in as many different languages as you can find that they have managed to translate there and, and strike deals for. Um, not only are you orange pulling your friends that don't natively speak um, English and are, are looking for that all important information, but you're supporting the pleb army and you're gonna help them grow so they can carry on, uh, you know, slinging some sats towards those people that are doing the real hard work of, of transforming these books and, and pushing this message out there. That's all the lovey-dovey stuff. Uh, sorry I run out of the music there. Uh, enjoy this show with Alex and thank you as always for listening. Alex, we're recording. Great to have you on the hey, show. Hey Daniel, man. thanks for having me. Well, we've got a lot to talk about uh, since the first time we spoke, which a year and a half ago, I want to say. Yeah, I think, did we meet before Surfing Bitcoin 21? We no, spoke, that was the first time. We spoke first and then we met at surf and bitcoin that's 21 that's it and you were at the very beginning of of what we're going to talk about right now building obviously uh that's in right. a bear market that's the best time to build so lauren <laughs> exactly. is here 
She's going to ask the first question. Hey. So I heard you make an app, and my question is really simple. Why did you make the app? Well, it's not that simple, but. Why an app? Um, it's a great question. Um, I'll I'll answer it two ways. So why did we start Bitstacking, and why did we decide to make it an app? Um, and I'll give the short the short answers for the two of them. We started Bitstack uh, for a fairly simple reason. Like my my background, I've worked for another saving app in Canada. So my co-founder and I are both from Canada, from Montreal. We we met in McGill University, and I was working for an app. Uh, so I was already building an app for another company. Uh, and we were helping Canadians, uh, so this was a few years ago, put money aside um, effortlessly. So the idea was like, how do we help Canadians who oftentimes have a lot of debts? Unfortunately, they have student loans, credit card debts, mortgages, uh, and they have a really hard time putting money aside. So we were helping them put money aside via an app, uh, which was really nice because for me, that was the first part of the equation. Like, how do we help people save effortlessly so they can buy uh, you know, they can buy whatever things they want in their life. The thing is, um, the second piece of the equation was missing, in my opinion, because we were helping people save and then we were putting their money into into investment accounts. So we were saving, helping them save and then helping them invest in what we call ETFs, which are just basically complex financial products uh, that mix, that is a basket of stocks and bonds or companies in the US and internationally. And in parallel, I felt I, I kind of learned about Bitcoin. This was 2016 when I was a student. And then I worked for this company and I studied Bitcoin for a few years. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something there. Like, I think helping people save money is is great. I think it's that's a mission I wanted to continue on. Uh, but what to put their money on in was what was missing at that company. And I think putting helping people save in Bitcoin was like how we would help them both save, but make sure their savings are not getting diluted and they can actually finance, achieve their financial goals. Uh, people have different financial goals in life, like buying a house, going on vacation, saving for retirement. Those are like typically the main ones. Um, so we decided to start Bitstack for that reason, like to help people both save money, uh, but save money in what we believe to be the best saving solution out there, which, which is Bitcoin. Uh, and we made an app because I think apps are great. People, everyone has a phone today. Uh, I'm, I've worked on an app before, so the app was the obvious uh, the obvious choice. And I think just apps are really cool. Uh, personally, I love working on apps. I think I love using apps. Uh, it's on your phone. When we help people save, people receive a little push notification saying, hey, you've now saved X amount of Bitcoin. Um, and I think it's just embedded in your everyday life. Uh, and that was the best way for us to achieve our mission, basically. So that's it. Okay, I have, a, I have another question. Now. All right. All right, so do you code your app or do you just like make it somehow? Yeah, we, we built it from scratch. Um, so it's not me because I'm not this super technical guy. It's my it's my co-founder, so uh, a friend of mine who I, so like I said, I met at McGill University, so while I was in college in Canada. Uh, and I have a business background and my co-founder, he has a technical background, so he did engineering. Um, so he's building all the software, all of the app uh, for Bitstack so for our company. Uh, so he codes everything. Uh, and a year and a half later, it's, it is what it is, but it, it took some time. Mm. And there's a lot of tools you can find on the internet to help you build an app. But essentially, he did code the whole thing himself. Wow. That's... 
amazing actually because coding is pretty hard i mean satoshi did it but <laughs> that that was that was major coding that's top level coding that that is yeah. that is yeah it, it's it's a lot of fun um i i've coded a little bit on my end as well not not for this app but in the past mm. um and it's really great to see actually you, you start understanding things that you use every day like maybe on your phone you play some games or, or you use some apps um, it gives you that like little extra perspective on things uh, like, oh, this is how it works. Or maybe, you know, when your character does this action or when you tap on a button on an app, you see things happening, but you don't really necessarily understand how it works. And I think like learning to code, even if it's the basics like I did and not really doing the the very complex stuff like my co-founder would do, um, I find it still amazing because you still get to understand how things work kind of under the hood, right? So that's uh, that's the piece I like. All right. All right. Well, thanks for your questions. Good opener. Yes. yes. Thanks. Thank thanks you. for the questions. Amazing. All right. Uh, also, Daddy, when do I bring your beer? Yeah. Uh, it's a Pero time <laughs> here. Uh, where, where are you in the world at the moment? I'm in Paris. Yeah. Where are you, Danny? Uh, I'm in the Dordogne. So we're, okay. we're, nice. we're in the we're same. We're in France. <laughs> we're in the same country. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've started my Apero at, uh, at 5.15. I see that. Uh, yeah. Why don't you, um, why don't you wait 20 minutes? And okay. then, yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. So uh, is, is Paris where you're based or are you just visiting, having fun, hanging out? Yeah, we're, uh, so I'm originally from Aix-en-Provence. I don't know if I've told you this in the past. I'm, so, I'm from the south of France, uh, which is amazing, I must say. <laughs> the quality of life is great. Uh, in the south, it's sunny. You have the sea, et cetera. But, but for the company, we had to come to Paris. Uh, so we're now based in a place called Station F. Which if I know I'm not missed, I've yeah, visited been? Station F. Yeah, amazing, cool. Yeah, so that's where we are. That's where I'm at now on the weekend. There's no one else. <laughs> it's a cool place. It's uh, for those listeners that are you know scratching their heads, thinking, "What the hell are we talking about?" It was an old train station. That's it. Which they converted into like a, a huge co-working space. But uh, the, when I visited it, the way it was uh, set up, um, you would have small to medium size enterprises, pure startups, but you'd also have the VCs and the angel investors all under the same roof. That's right. I think that's the, I think that's the objective of the project was to kind of create some sort of ecosystem uh, that would bring together both corporate innovation. So you have things like the innovation team of L'Oréal, Ben Paribas, et cetera, uh, VCs, so all the investors, people that finance your projects, and then you have the startups. Um, and I think they they market themselves as the world's biggest startup campus, but I don't know. Uh, it's pretty cool though. I hung I like out it. in the I hung out in the coffee shop there for a while because a friend of mine was having meetings inside, and then I went inside. It was a it was a job to get inside. They had to verify who I was and whatever else. But I went inside and met some of the VCs in the end. But I was hanging out in that coffee shop, and isn't it isn't the gig like you 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 pay for what you think it was worth or something or like, i can't remember exactly no. how it worked or you pay per hour or i, I can't remember no no i i it, maybe it was like that i've actually only joined like a few months ago and this place has been open since 2017 um but uh it it's not anymore at least or it's at least today it's not like that today you just pay you just pay for expensive coffee right <laughs> it never used to be like that you maybe you'd go and hang out and have two or three coffees and then you, you would pay for what you thought that you know that interesting it, yeah it was, it was a very cool concept uh but anyway you you probably end up paying 
I did anyway, I ended up paying about the same that I thought I would pay in any other coffee shop, just because we're not all um, wired to try and get something for free after all, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and for the small anecdote, I think now my I've, I've made it my s- small little side mission to get them to accept Bitcoin. Because yes. I just find it crazy that they don't. I'm like, like, uh, so you've probably been to this space, which just right now, well, it's within Station F, but I, I don't know if you remember, it's like, compa- uh, there's compartments. So there's like three spaces. And one is where there's the coffee shop and all the restaurants. Um, and it's right next to the, the startup place, like the startup offices. And I'm like, this should be used as a send. This is my just thesis. It's like, this should be used as a sandbox for all the projects that are being built. Absolutely. Um, and and for me, it's Bitcoin. So I'm like, why do you guys not? Like, for example, there could be a Bitcoin ATM as well. I don't know why there's no Bitcoin ATM. Mm-hmm. They should like accept Bitcoin at the restaurants. Um, so I've made it my little side mission to kind of get them there. But it uh, seems like it's going to be a bit tough. I can't remember the founder. What was the founder's name? He was the telecoms guy, right? Uh, uh, yes, Xavier Neil. That's Neil. it, Xavier Neil. Yeah. Just DM him. He will freaking make it happen. I swear. Like, it is. It is possible. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> nonsense that there's no way people are accepting bitcoin there especially all they all they would have to do that coffee shop or any of those restaurants is open a merchant account with coin corner who are based on the olive man that is completely easy to do that no problem at all because they uh, accept euros and then even if they don't want to hold the bitcoin on their account if you're paying for your coffee and your baguettes uh your croissant whatever it is that you have in the morning uh you will spend bitcoin but euros will hit their account so they don't even have to hold the Bitcoin if they don't want to. That's the best part for them. I mean, as much as I'm sure you and I would want to pitch them to hold the Bitcoin, but uh, that that's the thing. They don't mm-hmm. have to. It would just be converted instantly to yours and they would receive the same amount as they would if someone was paying in yours. So um, I'm I'm working it working on it, but I can't promise it'll be done tomorrow. I'll probably go the route you suggest, though, going the, yes. <laughs> at the top Go to the top first. <laughs> <laughs> that's more efficient for sure. All right, so before we talk about Bitstack, let's talk about um, what got you into into Bitcoin first, because you know we all we all love those stories of going from you know going from that 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 arc of uber normie to Bitcoin maximalist to building something within the space. So what were you do? So if you grew you grew up in Aix en Provence. Yeah, in That's south right. of France, and then That's something right. took you to Canada. So why don't we start there? What what was the the whole reasoning behind moving to Canada? I was pretty fortunate that my parents always put me in an international school, so I had that kind of abroad. I the, the idea of going abroad was one that existed very early on. Um, so very grateful for that. Uh, so I, my classes were in English since I'm since since for, for, for many years now. So all of my education was in English, actually. Uh, and so the goal uh, after high school was to go abroad. Now, actually, this is a question people ask me all the time. Why Canada and when, why McGill? I cannot actually tell why because I don't really know. It was a bit random. Uh, for some reason, I didn't want to go to the UK where a lot of French people want like go if, if they want to go abroad. Uh, people from international schools again. Um, then the U.S. is an option if you don't want to go to the to the U.K. But the U.S. is very expensive, so I can I can tell you why it didn't end up being the, the U.S. Um, so I guess maybe that answers why Canada. I wanted to go to North America. Um, the U.S. was an option, but you know the fifty thousand dollar tuition is 
it hurts. Uh, and that doesn't include cost of living. Uh, and then there was something very interesting, which was that Quebec, uh, so the province, it's, it's a province in Canada, the, the Francophone province in Canada, has a pretty good agreement with the French government. So French citizens, uh, French students, can actually study in Quebec at a US type level of uh, studies, like in McGill University, for the cost of Quebec tuitions, of, a, of what a, a local resident would pay. So you th think of it something like instead of paying 50K a year, which McGill would also be for an international student, you would pay something like 4,000 for full year tuition. Um, so it's like, may maybe that's a good compromise. <laughs> so so I went to Canada, uh, that, that ended up being the choice. Uh, don't regret it because I've both met my girlfriend, my, my now seven year later girlfriend. Um, and I, I stumbled upon Bitcoin actually uh, at McGill. So how did I learn about Bitcoin? Um, actually, Montreal has a great, and this is something you might spoke about with other of your guests, but you'll see that a lot of people either in France or in Europe have had this influence from Montreal specifically, from the, the Montreal guys, if I just include them all. Um, but I was in McGill. Some of them were in McGill. Some of them were not. Uh, but there was a lot of meetups happening in, in Montreal, a lot of great Bitcoin meetups, which I'm very fortunate for because you now see a lot of crypto meetups. But uh, in Montreal, it's always stayed Bitcoin meetups. Um, and I met uh, the guys at Bull Bitcoin, the guys at Verify, who are now part of Bull Bitcoin. Uh, and that's how I stumbled about Bitcoin. I just heard, I, I just went to a lot of meetups. I got curious about it. Um, so then you do all the kind of classic stuff. I, I remember building my first PC specifically because I wanted to have a dedicated PC to run a dedicated Bitcoin node. So I actually did this with the the Verify guys uh, who are now part of Bold Bitcoin um, a, a few years ago. And and then I, I got so much into it that I start, actually started working on Bitcoin while I was a student. So I started a first entrepreneurial project, which never really took off, but um, uh, it was incubated at the University Accelerator. Uh, and the idea was to help uh, auditors. For some reason, I would ended up talking to auditors. So uh, think of like KPMG, EY, uh, the, big, the big four accounting firms that are in Canada. And they were interested in Bitcoin for some reason, because this is 2016, now 2017, uh, the price kind of skyrockets. Uh, and you have big institutions who are now looking at Bitcoin. And I was like, oh, well, I've, I've been looking at Bitcoin myself. I think I understand it at least better than those guys. Um, and I thought I would be the the kid that tries to explain the guys in the suits at the KPMG office in Canada how Bitcoin yeah. works. So that's that's it. I, I It was just a way for me to just work on Bitcoin and like, you know, have an excuse to just spend my time on Bitcoin. So I did that all while, all throughout my studies. Um, and then I, you know, joining working on Bitcoin at that point is still like, like you said, I think everyone goes through, goes through that journey. Uh, and so it didn't really cross my mind. I was like, okay, Bitcoin is something I'm now clearly passionate about. Like, I think there's something there. Uh, it was taking all of my brain space, but working on Bitcoin or in Bitcoin, in the Bitcoin space was not something I, I don't know, for some reason it didn't cross my mind. So I joined this other company called, uh, it's now called Mocha. It's been acquired by this Canadian neobank called Mogo. Uh, but at the time I joined them as a product manager. Uh, and then I ended up leading product for them and they built a saving and investing app. Um, and I thought that was interesting because personal finance was a topic I was very interested in because I just think, you know, that's also what I got me into Bitcoin is like this idea of like, um, you know, freedom, like financial freedom, uh, different ways, different rules and a different system than the existing financial system. Um, 
but 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 the mission of helping people put money aside i thought was something interesting i think people you know saving is for me the beginning of any financial project you have you need to put money aside uh so i joined them and two years later uh things went well we grew the app to like over two hundred thousand users in canada uh and they got acquired so i just like okay maybe it's time for me to move on um and i thought the mission around helping people save was was something that i really that was at the core of what i wanted to do but i was like this is the time i have to combine bitcoin now i have to bring bitcoin in the equation somehow um, and so I quit, uh, I moved back to France and I was like, I will help people save in Bitcoin and which in parallel, this is what I've been doing for myself, right? Like I've been saving in Bitcoin since I discovered Bitcoin. So it's like, and this is like you said, uh, the last step of the process, I guess is like, now I want to help people save in Bitcoin. Uh, and that brings us to today. What were you studying at university? Business, nothing. <laughs> You're right. Nothing. I was just, uh, nothing to do with Bitcoin, but I was studying Kind of the I, I did business program. Uh, this how McGill calls it commerce. Uh, but but what was specific for me is that I kind of like decided to pick different courses that I liked. I I wasn't the type of guy who wanted to do like a finance major or like you, you pick one major and then you hook all your classes around that. So I actually did three minors for the North American people that understand the major minor thing. But so I did three minors. I did one in entrepreneurship. So technology was something I liked and entrepreneurship was something I liked. Uh, global strategy, such as business strategy, and then some data science, actually. So I did code a little bit more from a data science standpoint. Um, but yeah, and so I kind of picked the things I like, spend time with startups, spend time on tech, and spend time on Bitcoin. How were, how were those lessons? Because I've always wondered, uh, you know, if you, if you go to study business, you end up studying business under someone that has never run a business, and is just a professor. What what, the, what 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 takeaways did you take when you look back at like your your was it four years two four year courses four years yeah four years um, when you look back at that how much of what you learn in those classrooms under those professors in in air quotes carried across to to what you're doing now considering like they're not going to teach you how to run a Bitcoin business no one can right <laughs> there's, yeah there's nothing. But, <laughs> Like you said, you only realize after you left the university, right? <laughs> you don't realize on the spot. So unfortunately, I guess um, it's interesting. I, I can't remember who, who said it now. It just slips through my mind. But someone was saying like, like, I don't know if it's someone from France for, for, for all the, but someone's saying drug dealers know better how to run a business than, than uh, MBA professors. I can't remember now who said that. But, but anyways, it, it struck me. I thought this is exactly to your point. Um, so I can't really comment because when you're there, you don't really know. Honestly, you're just, I think there, there's actually a piece of me that thinks college happens very early on. Uh, and I, I was a bit the, the example of that because I had no idea what I wanted to do while I was in college. I actually thought I was, I wanted to do investment banking and I did a finance and, and go into a finance major. And I did it and happened to not be for me at all, even though funny enough, I'm now somewhat you know, thinking and exploring finance topics. But I think the route to which you introduce certain topics is extremely important in the context as well. And so doing learning about finance via like corporate finance and investment banking and all of that, it it wasn't for me. And so I, I quit and that's why I, I, I did all these three little minors that I mentioned. Um, but yeah, like professors give you textbooks. Now it, even to be more precise, it's also the, I remember my economics classes, which I think is interesting for a bit from a Bitcoin standpoint. Uh, 
And I re even remember my comics classes in high school where, and now I wonder, it's like the prof, I remember the professor, actually my first economics class ever, the professor came in and he's like, so for, I think first thing they do introduce you to key, to Keynesian economics and to, and to who Keynes was and, and this, but I remember this was like 10 minutes. This is, this is who Keynes is. This is Keynesian economics. And this is where everything we're going to teach is going to be based on that next topic. Like, let's move on. The, the the foundation is set and and when now only a few years later you're like oh actually why didn't we just introduce all the school of thoughts from the get-go and then maybe we should debate on like the different school of thoughts uh that's what struck me um but I, that's what i remember specifically well yeah you it turned out you you didn't need your finance major be, but you are now working as a finance maxi Exactly. Uh, you, you see, you see it from all kinds of uh, different perspectives. This is what I love about being in the Bitcoin space: that you, you now, we grew up under this Keynesian model. We know it inside out, whether whether you you studied it or not, because you've been subjected to it your whole life. You know what you need to know, uh, but then when you you fall down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, you voraciously study the existing system. And figure out all of its disgusting little pitfalls and traps and and whatever else, and then you study Bitcoin. You're like, wow, that's just like basic. <laughs> Bitcoin is so simple compared to the the financial legacy system that is put in place, and so much obfuscation and smoke and mirrors and derivatives and trading and investments. And it's just a nightmare. It's crazy. Uh, one thing I always learn new things about the existing financials. I mean, I guess obviously, but what you're mentioning just reminds me of the what happened with the meme stocks uh, mm. during COVID, and what these uh, different like investment firms and hedge funds were doing. And I could see words going through like some forums, and I was reading about what like what some of the names of the strategies these guys are using. It's like gamma, alpha, whatever like ways to hedge against your hedge. And I'm just like, we have no understanding of exactly what's going on. Um, the, the the products are just so complex, um, but people don't know that. And and then I think it's with that context that you understand that Bitcoin is therefore so simple, actually. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, that I, I, I join you here for sure. I, I worked in foreign exchange brokerage in on currency options desks. And the, 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 all, all of a sudden, a new breed of option came out uh called the exotic options which uh really started taking off in the late 90s early noughties i would say uh where these guys were just putting on these like most ridiculously complex almost impossible to understand trades you know reverse knock-ins knockouts uh all of this kind of crazy stuff for for dates in the future if the dollar against the yen broke a certain band in with it was it was nuts absolutely nuts and and basically betting hundreds of millions of dollars at a time on these strategies incredible great i bitcoin is much more simple it's funny because people people think it's it's complex i mean it here's what i say i i always say it is complex uh in the sense that there's a lot to like it's new first of all for for everyone it's it's a new it's a new there's a lot of new ideas behind bitcoin uh people always talk about how also bitcoin is amazing because there's the economics aspect to it there's a lot of physical philosophical ideas behind bitcoin 
uh, economics, like different school of thoughts on the economics of, of Bitcoin. Uh, so in that st- from that standpoint, I can understand. It. And then there's all the technicalities of Bitcoin, like the actual code and how the software runs. And I think people get scared of it very quickly. But but the the if we're talking purely as Bitcoin as a monetary, I see it Bitcoin as two things. It's a monetary system and a, and a payments protocol, let's say. Uh, from those two th- standpoints, it's very simple. Uh, the monetary system has very few rules, uh, 0 to 21 million with a certain, you know, very predictable and fixed supply, a predictable issuance and and and, and fixed uh, cap on the issuance. Uh, and the payments is just A to B, A sending money to B, and there's no one in between. And people don't really need to understand much more than that. It's just like the internet, uh, you know, people always say we don't really understand how the internet works. Fair enough. Uh, so from that standpoint, I find it very simple. Um, for some reason, people like to torture their mind and think that it's uh, the software is like complex. It's like this thing running in the dark and <laughs> it's scary, but not yeah, at all. Exactly. It's it's all controlled by shadowy super coders, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so in, in Canada then, what, was uh, was Francis around at the time? If, was was he part of the uh, the bull Bitcoin, like orange pilling she mission? Still- he was still in Montreal at the time. We're so wow. I, I I never I mean I don't know him personally. Um, but uh, I remember as as a young college kid, I was listening to him and and so um in, during the meetups, uh, or to different guests that they would bring on, um, so yeah, it, it was pretty cool. I I just I attribute some luck to it. That um luck in the sense what I mean by luck is that all the influence I had about what people call crypto for me was Bitcoin only. And so th- that's the piece where I say luck because I could have, you know, people could just, I was at uni, at uni, there's all types of projects. Um, so I could have ended up, you know, learning about other things and maybe I would have taken a different path. But I think I was lucky in the sense that that allowed me to very early on kind of skip some steps and focus much more on Bitcoin, much more early on. Um I did go, don't get me wrong, I did, I think I did go through the routes, uh, like the typical route I was I learned about Bitcoin, um, then 2017 hit, and I was like, "Oh, there's all these other things popping up, which is far far more simple than what's you know what we see these days." But but there was still well, there was the Ethereum ICO in 2016, uh, so I saw that, and then I saw all these things that followed through. Then there was, um, which I, I now understand much better because of of the books that came out and and all all the knowledge I I I got. But there was the block size wars at the time also. Uh, and so the Bitcoin Cash and all of these things, uh, all different forks. So I did double in it. I did. Uh, I remember I did buy some Ethereum, and I was like, okay, I'll test it out. And after going through that steps, um, I think it's it's almost a necessary step. I would say almost. I mean, for me at least, because that by doing that, I I looked at the others, and that allowed me to compare to Bitcoin and understand why Bitcoin was more, much more interesting. Uh, so at end of twenty seventeen. Uh, starting 2018, I was like, okay, Bitcoin only uh, moving forward. But uh, yeah, I I did go through those steps like many others did. Yeah, I was right there with you, brother. Okay, right there with <laughs> I'm you. not alone. <laughs> no, you you and I would have been logging into Twitter at the same time of day, probably like trying to figure all this shit out. It was such a confusing time. Really, really confusing time. Because I've was. been trying to apply myself to learning about it all through 15 and 16 uh, and you know, buying uh, and and stacking and and going through all of those 
pain points of trying to set up a bank account with an exchange and God knows wherever I was because I was traveling at the time full time. It was painful. There was no like app you could download and, you know, off you go. Uh, maybe Coinbase, but thankfully I never went down that route. Um, but yeah, like I, I remember sitting there like watching this shit storm on Twitter. I had no idea what they're talking about. Like, you know, the the, the block size wars I had no clue. Then yeah, the all of these ICO madness and this is the next Bitcoin and this that's the next Bitcoin. Really dangerous times, uh, and it, it caught a lot of people out, including That's myself. It. And 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 again, to be clear, this is where this is why I was saying the luck piece is. Um, I was <laughs> almost like you want to say I was put back in the right track every time I was going to these meetups because I would you, you would hear all these things, uh, whether on Twitter and and elsewhere. Uh, but then the community I was surrounded by was Bitcoin only. It was was like really like sharp guys spending 100% of their time to making sure Bitcoin, you know, extending the capabilities of Bitcoin essentially uh, and, and democratizing Bitcoin. So that allows kind of put my brain back on track. You know, it's like, okay, you need to focus back on Bitcoin. You need to focus back on Bitcoin. And you don't understand. That's why I'm saying it's luck. But now after the a few years, you understand, okay, the, you know, it was the right, the right choice or the right thing to do. That's why I tweeted today, one man's, shit post on bitcoin twitter is another man's epiphany and that's how i felt during those days because yep. i'd be sitting there like you know american hoddle would come out with something like you know really freaking out of left field and scathing and derogatory towards someone and I'm like holy shit i think he's got a point but you know what does that say about <laughs> me like you know it's <laughs> because you know these aggressive accounts but now I've got to know a lot of these guys, they were being aggressive because it came from a place of, no, no, fuck these guys. They're, they're, they're trying to steal people's money. They're trying to ruin people's lives. And here we are again. And this is why we're up against this Bitcoin maximalist kind of moniker. That that wasn't around in those days, right? That's um, that, that saying. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, like, people, I think... Uh, I mean, it's the topic of the day, I guess, right? The whole maximalism thing. But my take on it, um, and I mean, that's just my personal take, uh, actually. But my, my take is I try to tell people, because when people ask you, oh, you're, you get categorized now these days. I don't know if you notice this. Of course. Like I, speak to, I speak to people and they're like, oh, you're a big, like, I'm just, I'm just sharing my view on Bitcoin, actually. I'm, I'm just sharing how I'm excited about Bitcoin. But I guess they can tell somehow, because I didn't start mentioning, you know, a thousand other projects. They're like, oh, so you're a Bitcoin maxi. I'm like okay, like actually, I tell people what what do you mean? Like what do you do? what what's your definition of Bitcoin maximalism? And uh, and I don't think they have the right definition. That's my so that's the whole point. Um, I'm trying to get to is my definition of maximalism is more around, uh, like we just think we want to bring a better solution. Uh, and we have this thesis on Bitcoin that Bitcoin is the better solution, and there's this whole idea of what sound money is, and Bitcoin encapsulates that. Um, and like you said, we just don't want people to lose their money on other things and just get scammed on all these different projects. And uh, so it it comes from this good place, but I just, for some reason, people don't see it. It's like, we're trying to do good and make sure it happens faster than, than, than slower. Uh, and that the ride is not too harsh, that it's smooth for everyone. Um, but I, I guess, you know, things go the way they do. And then people 
<laughs> you can't control people either, right? <laughs> so we, people we can't. end up doing whatever, whatever they want. We can't control people. The mainstream media can, though. That's the problem. <laughs> but know. but maybe that's um, sh shameless plug on, on my end. But uh, this is why I think one way to do it implicitly is by building products that are Bitcoin only. Uh, because you would surprise or not, but the number one feature we get requested at Bitstack is support for ETH. Um, mm -hmm. So I can tell you that it's the number one requested feature. Um, and I think by just building a product that's Bitcoin only, we, you know, people can do whatever they want. They can leave Bitstack. They can transfer their Bitcoin out and go trade it on Binance or whatever other platform they want, uh, which some people do. But at least we play our role. That's how I feel, actually, just personally. It's like we've building something and implicitly we're trying to guide people through the right track. A bit like if you surround people only with Bitcoin talks, you know, maybe they'll come up with their own conclusion. And this is the way I see it by embedding Bitcoin products in people's hands and distributing it on their phone, in, in our case, because it's an app. Um, I think that's the influence we can have. At least that's influence I feel I can have. Some others can have different types of influence. Um, but yeah, I just just thought about it. Yeah. Let's tell the plebs exactly what I, I know you explained it to Lauren at the very beginning, but let's let's talk um the guys through, you know, what, what we're talking about here, your your app Bitstack, uh yeah. how it works. Um is it is it France only for now? Or what's the it's, what's the it's mainly France, but it's available in some other European markets. And 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 I'll explain why. Um we're playing I guess I'll I'll preface with something which was gonna come for sure, but is all the regulation around mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin in Europe. Because Europe is, you know, Europe is the regulated. There's this old kind of joke slash saying, which is like, you know, the US innovates, uh, Europe regulates, and China copies. <laughs> yep. I don't know where it comes from, but something always sticks. Um, and it's true. And I think we're seeing it again here with uh, what the commission is doing with uh, what they call digital assets or crypto assets. Um, and France is interesting, and it'll start explaining why we also came back to France and why we started Bitstack, and I'll, pit, I'll pitch what Bitstack is. But essentially, France took some sort of like thought leadership on the topic about regulation and, and crypto assets. And so I'll say crypto assets because that's that's how they define it. Um, and they created in 2019, and it enforced it end of 2020, what is now called this digital asset service providers to encapsulate every business that would do essentially two things. A is exchange legal tender for digital assets, so buying and selling Bitcoin for euros, for example. And two, uh, holding in custody digital assets on behalf of third parties. It's kind of the, the bank aspect of, of crypto assets. Uh, and they, they now said, okay, 2020, you know, the, the Wild West is over. Everyone who's doing these two services, who are rendering these two services, will now be categorized as a digital asset service provider and will now have to follow XYZ rules to combat money laundering, terrorism financing. That's the two main pieces, but obviously tax evasion. You know, that's the one that's not being put forward, but th those are the three big reasons. Right. Um, and there's two, two ways, and I think this is where I think there's a lot of good debate to have. And so I'll, I'll share here my take on it, but I, I think... I saw this as like, okay, we'll have like businesses will have to play with it. Some businesses have made the decision to play, to not play with it. And, you know, you can, you, then you have only a few options. You can go to Switzerland, you can go to Malta, you can go to a few other countries. Uh, but unfortunately, if your mission is to democratize Bitcoin 
as fast as possible and to as many people as possible. I'm not saying it's impossible, uh, but it will be extremely hard over time because depending on your thesis, it's possible that regulation will only get harsher and perhaps that it's inevitable. So I took the opposite approach, which was we'll have to tackle regulation head first. Like this is the way to go. Um, and so we came back to France and we saw this somewhat more as an opportunity uh, to perhaps from the eyes of the consumer create something they could trust more. Uh, because on, if we have to give it one positive aspect is that if you're talking about the average French consumer, you know, it does give them some sort of comfort to know that you're regulated, that you're a French company regulated in France uh, by the financial markets authorities, et cetera, et cetera. So it has to give it, we have to give it that. So I saw this as an opportunity. So I said, I come back to France. Um, we'll tackle regulation head first. We'll get registered uh, and we'll create a, you know, a Bitcoin savings app in France. So what what is BitSec? It's essentially the first mobile app in France that allows anyone to round up their everyday purchases and save the spare the spare change in Bitcoin. Um, and and I think the 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 re the reasoning behind and this I think where it's I I, I hope it's powerful um, is that you're now able to not only help people save. So if we remember what I was talking about before, I was saying what I thought was important is we want to help people save and we want to help people save in Bitcoin. Uh, and this is what the app I was working on in Canada was doing. It was rounding up your spare change or rounding up your purchases and investing the spare change. And what I realized then there is that it was an extremely powerful way to get people to save uh, without having to think about it. Because what do people love to do? They love to spend. People love to spend and and people spend a lot <laughs> it, it, on top of it. Uh, so if you can make people save every time you spend, that's a very powerful uh, mechanic because uh, you're now pitching people that they don't have to change their life habits, their everyday habits. Because that's what's hard is if you tell people you need to put 100 money, 100 euros aside, it's difficult. They have to think about it. They have to force themselves to do it and do some math, et cetera, uh, for their budgets. So that was powerful. Now, I was thinking when I combined Bitcoin to it, I was like, that could be potentially the way we distribute Bitcoin to a lot of people. Because now if people spend and same logic, they like to spend, but you can now make sure their spare change becomes Bitcoin. And so they can now, you know, accumulate sats essentially, or like fractions of Bitcoin. Um, maybe we can distribute Bitcoin to a lot more people, to people that wouldn't even understand that they got into like that really uh, what Bitcoin is and how it works and how to invest in it. And they're scared to put a big amount. They're now essentially just putting a few cents like in your old piggy bank, uh, but in Bitcoin. And so that's what BitSec started as. Uh, you can now do much more in, in the app. I think the app is starting to evolve, but that's really the main value proposition. It's like, we want to help people save in what we think is the best asset out there to save your money in uh, by turning your spare change in Bitcoin. All right. So I, I'm all set up. I can't wait for it to actually to, to get that first little uh, SMS text message. I wish I'd set it up earlier, but it's been three weeks of weirdness. Um, but I'm, I'm set up now. I'm good to go. Uh, we'll come back to the setup process in a second. What I want to ask about is, and the plebs are going to want to know, you know, what, what's what's the business model here? You know, where, where do you get the Bitcoin to give to people? How, yeah. how does that? How how do you guys? You know, you're running a business. You you've got uh, you've got a life to live. You've got uh, staff to pay, etc. How, how do you guys um, see this? You know, uh, monetizing for yourself and and helping the plebs at the same time. 
Yeah, it's it's an, it's interesting because it's a something I think a lot about because like you said, a you have you have to find a business model. Like if I'm talking purely business, you're starting a you're creating your startup. Um, you know your investors and your team is going to want you to explain to them how we make money. Um, today we charge a one point ninety nine percent fee on every trade. So very clear and simple. If you trade hundred euros, if you buy hundred euros worth of Bitcoin or you sell hundred euros worth of Bitcoin will uh, charge 1.99 euros, 1 euro 99. Um, our approach, which I'll say very honestly, I'm I'm still unsure because unfortunately other people competition does differently and, and people don't understand the, the mechanics of everything. But a lot of, uh, and maybe I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on this, but a lot of exchanges will position themselves as a 0% commission fee on trades. But what people don't understand is that there's something called the spread. And there's um, hidden fees, let's just call it. Uh, so actually, fun fact, a lot of our users sometimes message us and they're like, why is your price of Bitcoin incorrect? Because it's lower right. than what I see on others. I'm like, because that's our business model. We actually show you the actual Bitcoin price that we get from our, our liquidity provider. And we'll just charge a transparent fixed fee, which is 1.99%. Uh, but unfortunately, I must say, I'm not sure anymore because people are like, oh, but I'll change. I'll go to this other platform because it's your percent. And like, But when you make your trade, can you please check like the price of Bitcoin? And you'll actually end up seeing that on the preview, it'll be higher. But then on the math, they'll put zero fees. But you know, at, at the end of the day, the total is going to be higher than us. Um, so that's it. We charge 1.99% on trades uh there's no spread uh but yeah it's something we think about all the time because at the same time we want to reduce fees for our users but we need to make money somehow mm -hmm. uh, so this is the business model we're starting with uh, this the short answer is this is how we're starting uh we're thinking about it and we're hoping we can reduce them while finding other ways to fund the business obviously um, because that um, what about say. like the the top up if i go buy a coffee for two euros 20 and i've got it rounded up to, to three euros so 80 cents does, yeah. do, do you smash by 80 cents of of Bitcoin or on an exchange somewhere at the point and charge 1.99%? No, no. So very good question because actually this is for, for very good reasons, not clear for people. Um, we wish we could do that, but unfortunately, technologically, it's not very possible to do an instant uh, conversion of your roundups of your spare change to Bitcoin because... Mm -hmm. Um, there's one pro and one con. The pro is that the way we've built the app is that people can connect any bank accounts that they have. So we're actually, what's powerful is that we're allowing anyone with an existing French bank account, uh, regardless of what the bank is, to buy Bitcoin directly from their bank. Um, so they don't have to open a new bank account. We're just kind of see Bitstack as a layer on top of their bank account where we will round up the transactions that they make on their Crédit Agricole, BNP Paribas, or whatever bank they have. And then, you know, debit them every now and then. So the reason it cannot be real time is because we cannot, the bank doesn't unfortunately post transactions in real time either. Of course so not. Of course not. So if you spend on the weekend, we won't know until Monday, unfortunately. And yep. I say laughing because it's actually a problem we're trying to solve right now. It's like, oh, you spend on the weekend and people spend the most on the weekend. So for us, it's, you know, that's where people could save the most as well. Uh, and it's not working, um, obviously, because of, how the banks works. But so what we do is we sum the roundups throughout the week. So you will spend 
in the app, we will create some sort of virtual piggy bank, let's say. Uh, so you will see your cents accumulate. You will see 20 cents plus 80 cents plus 36 cents. You'll see your transactions. We'll show you which transactions we rounded up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it, you will start seeing it accumulate. So now you're at 10 euros. Now you're at 15 euros. And actually, fun fact, it's about 10 to 15 euros. I can tell you the stats. It's about 10 to 15 euros in roundups per week for the average uh, person transacting. Uh, and at the end of the week, we'll debit you for the, the total amount. Mm -hmm. And that's where we'll convert. Uh, so we work with a few exchanges that like gives us ex essentially liquidity on the euro to Bitcoin pair. Uh, so euro BTC, we only work with euro and BTC. And then we'll convert at the price at that time T. So whenever you're debited is whenever we'll convert at the current price and you will receive Bitcoin. So right now in the Bitstack app, but some people either leave it or you can transfer it out to whatever setup you have. Right, got it. And And the other thing which is pretty neat is you could leave it at just like one time uh, or you can do two times or five times. So if yes. I, if I make a, if I make a, a purchase and I get rounded up by 30 cents, I've set mine now to five times. So it's going to five X mm -hmm. that 30 cents. So come the end of the week, I know there's going to be, if 10 to 15 euros is like that, the average then anywhere between 50 and 75 euros is going to be my That's average. Right. And I also set up like a, a 10 euro weekly smash buy as well in the app just to like nice. test that out. So I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and maybe to, to explain to people listening. So what, what you're talking about is the, is what we call the multiplier, mm -hmm. uh, the roundup multiplier, which is a neat feature because it allows people to essentially boost their roundups or boost their savings. Uh, and, and so like you explained it, the way it works right now is you'll round up to the nearest euro. So I always take the example of a coffee bought for two, two euros 60 rounded up to three. So we have 40 cents of spare change. The multiplier will allow you to multiply that spare change. So right now, I think we offer 2x, 5x, and 10x. Uh, so you can 2x that 40 cents to 80 cents or 5x it or 10x it. Uh, it goes fast. I'm going to say like, try 10x. <laughs> 10x, will, will you will save a lot. You will buy a lot of Bitcoin. Uh, but, but some people do because they don't spend that much, right? So they compensate that way. They spend, or it's like a bank account that they don't use that much. So it's one way for them to kind of average things out. And then there's re recurring. Like you said, people can do a normal recurring with Bitstack. They can do a, a weekly, bi-weekly or monthly recurring of the amount of their choice. And you can smash buy, obviously. Like, I love it. Uh, uh, you can do a one-time buy. We actually put a Slack channel, which we love internally. Every time someone smash buy, we get a little ping. <laughs> um, you know, we don't, we don't see who it is, but we just see the amount. Um, and, and on our website, we track all the sets that people have uh, collected, I think we reached uh, 2.5 billion sets. So this, for me, it's the ultimate goal. Is like, I just want to see that number go up. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's just starting. All right, let, let's talk about the uh, the sign-up process. And uh, spoiler alert for the KYC gang, you, you, you're not going to... There is KYC. <laughs> let's let's sell it up. Let's uh, say it up front for sure. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have a choice, right? operating a business here in France. You, you, like, that's it. End of story. That's, that's the preface I, I gave earlier. Is it, that, that was my introduction to this topic. Yes. Uh, it's it's like, if today we, we want to... Like, the thing is, is for me, there's two order of priorities. It's like, if the priority number one is you want a lot of people to hold Bitcoin ASAP, which for me, that's like, people need to hold Bitcoin uh, before anything else. Then then let's let's, you know, um, kind of level up 
your that's I like to see it as a game a bit like you level up your setup level up your knowledge about it etc but if you see the situation as something potentially alarming and people have different ways uh, like people see it as more alarming than others uh, to a certain degree you want people to hold Bitcoin ASAP at least or you know sometime soon so if that's the goal uh, unfortunately right now if you want to you know target Europeans at least or people in the EU to be precise uh, you're going to have to be regulated. You cannot do an advertisement in the metro. You will not be able to do advertisement on social media. You will not be able to talk about your business or about Bitcoin unless you're regulated. It's already hard. Uh, and sad news for some people I'm sure in your audience have followed, but some might not have. In 2025, uh, a new regulation is going to come out, uh, which is called Mika for Marketing Crypto Assets that the European Commission just voted actually recently. Uh, and it's even worse. Good news, surprise. So um, so if we want to target Europeans and to make sure Europeans onboard the Bitcoin roller coaster ASAP, that's the way you've, that's the rules by which you have to play, unfortunately. Uh, some people will disagree and I think it's fair enough, let me say. Um, I'd love to have those debates. If, if, if I saw uh, another door, I would like to investigate it. But I think so far, that's the way we, the, the decision we've made. And so yes, there is KYC. Uh, it'll be part of the process. Uh, you need to take a photo of your ID and a, and a photo of your face. It'll match, and then we we can accept the the we can open the account essentially. It's like a bank, like any bank account, basically in France. Yeah, exactly. And if you're linking it to your bank account, it's you're doxed anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So can exactly. you have more? Can you have multiple bank accounts linked? So if you've yeah. got, you can, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you could link as, as many, many as, you want. as you wanted. Right. Okay. Uh, all right, that's interesting. UK, you can't do UK, or you can. Um, the the comp <laughs> the complexity. There's two complexities. So short answer, no. Today, we cannot mm -hmm. do UK today. We will be able to do UK soon, because uh, there's one little complexity on our end, which is that unfortunately British pound, right? So mm -hmm. so we need to tweak a little bit the app to be multi currency support. Which mm -hmm. right now, you know, we only show it's it's a small detail, but we only show things in euros, right? So we would have to make sure we display things in British pounds. Uh, so we aggregate the price of Bitcoin in British pounds. You know, there's all these small details. Uh, but the bigger complexity is again depending on the route you want to take. But you might want to get regulated in the UK if you want to target UK citizens. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm following a few things, so I might mix them up. But I think the UK it's the FSA. You might mm -hmm. uh, the I think that's the regulatory body in the UK. It's called the FSA. Um, so yeah, something we're looking into. But uh, if you wanted to go that route, it takes a few months to get regulated. So, well, I think a lot of the plebs out there listening have something such as a Revolut account, which they could yeah. just um, have a Euro account on that, and on their so if they were traveling at least on their holidays and spending on their holidays on their Revolut uh, card linked to the Euros. I could have that Revolut card linked to uh, my Bitstack app. Yeah, that's right. That's actually how I use it for the for the fun fact. Uh, I also use Revolut for when I for for many reasons, and then uh, I linked my Revolut app, uh, my Revolut uh, account, sorry, to um, to Bitstack. There you go, UK plebs. There's your summer holidays. You can go on holiday, treat the wife and kids, and uh, stack sats at the same time. That's it. But you know what? It's um, the what we see that's pretty interesting is that Bitstack is used a lot as the way 
um, Bitcoiners will get their friends and family to get started because that mm -hmm. was the whole thesis is like, how do we get, and and I'm not saying this in, the, in a negative way, but the less sophisticated people, like the average person to get to, to save and in big and and bitcoin to save and save in bitcoin uh pretty easily and here the pitch is fairly simple it's like hey you'll you'll connect your bank account and that's it the, the pitch stops there it's like that's it you will just spend and you will get some bitcoin and at least you know you'll learn about it and um fun fact like we see that all the time um i see people on board their their girlfriends their, their boyfriends their their parents their family their friends um and it's it's pretty cool because that was the thesis. Like we're not, you know, we we've made some decisions that are simplicity over complexity because we know our audience for us is like we call them Bitcoin curious, like people who've never bought Bitcoin before. And actually, fifty percent, more than fifty percent of our users have never bought Bitcoin before. They've bought it via Bitstack for the first time. So um, that gets me excited because that was the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just a message out there. It's like if you want to get your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever to. Get Bitcoin, just tell them to hook their bank account and tell them that their spare change is going to like magically turn into Bitcoin. And it's like a small Bitcoin piggy bank. That's the way people pitch it. Awesome, mate. So are you going to be at Surfing Bitcoin this year? Yes. All right. Are you going to be on stage? Any announcements? What's what's? Have you got a booth there? What What's going on? No. Uh, we're like the, no, I was going to say as a joke, we're the broke startup. So we don't, we don't have that <laughs> to, to have a booth, uh, but, but no, um, we'll be there. Uh, actually I'll be there with one of my, uh, someone on our team as well for last, last year I was just there as a visitor and alone, but this time we'll be here representing Bitstack and, uh, I'll be there with someone from our, from our team. Uh, no booth, no, no guests. We'll just be hanging out with everyone. I know a lot of our users will be there, so we're pretty excited. Uh, we'll be meeting in person. Uh, so no announcements. Uh, we have a bit of swag that we're bringing with us, just I mm -hmm. guess for the heads up. Uh, people have also people have asked us, but that's it. Yeah, we're just looking to enjoy uh, meets the amazing lineup that's been announced this year, uh, and enjoy the sun in Biarritz, essentially, just like last year. Actually, <laughs> it's pretty pretty awesome. It was great fun last year uh, and, yeah. and the year before, and it's just growing each year. Uh, and for those guys that uh, are out there curious about the conference, it's held in Biarritz uh, in this year. Uh, I think the dates are 26th, 29th, yeah. or 25th, 28th of August, right right at the back end of August. Around right there. there, yeah. Um, and they hire out the casino, and it's a, it's a great venue, and it's right on the beach there. And Biarritz is such a cool town. Like, uh, I love it. We... We we drive there, we find Airbnb, and then we don't use the car for the rest of the uh, the week. We just walk all over Biarritz. We hit the beach, we hit the conference, we hit some some side meetups, and there's always a, a little pleb party going on somewhere. A barbecue, barbecue to go and join. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, I was gonna summarize and surfing it as, if that's your thing, right? Exactly. I was gonna summarize it as like what's better than sun, food, let's say, or barbecue and Bitcoin and surfing. Surfing is pretty neat as well. Absolutely. All right. So you're a startup. You're trying to build a business that is capital and time intensive. Have you had investment? Have you done a C day? Are you looking for investment? Where does that sun, uh, sit with you at the moment? Yeah. So it, I, I guess I want to say to, to if people or other entrepreneurs out there, unfortunately, we have to raise money because a lot of people think raising money is like a, a metric for success. Uh, it, it's not like it's a means to an end, uh, if anything. Uh, and, and you know, you get diluted. You sell 
some shares of your business. So, uh, but unfortunately, uh, building financial technology is expensive uh, because we ran into this end of 2021. Uh, we had incorporated Bitstack. We had gotten the regulation approved, the regulatory approval uh, in France. We built the product and we wanted to launch. We're like, okay, we're ready to launch. But then we realized uh, launching like essentially what is a Bitcoin savings app or a Bitcoin exchange is pretty like it's pretty expensive. Um, and it's not something I could finance uh, fully myself. So unfortunately, so we decided to raise some external capital. Uh, we raised 1 million euros. Uh, so we took some investors in uh, and we took some, uh, for those that know in France, something called the BPI, so the Banque Publique d'Investissement, which is essentially some debt. So we, we raised both a bit of equity and a bit of debt. Uh, it's like loans for entrepreneurs and, and technology companies that are starting up. Uh, and so it was a total of 1 million euros that allowed us to launch early 2022. Uh, about mid-March, we opened access to the beta of the app. And three months later, we went live on the app stores in July. Um, and yeah, like I said, actually 2.5 billion. So three, month, three four months later, 2.5 billion Satoshi saved. A um, couple thousand users saving every week. Uh, and, and we're growing pretty fast. So we're pretty excited. Uh, and thanks to that, we joined something called Y Combinator, uh, which we're very excited about. We're now actually right like midway through, past midway through. But which is essentially an incubator that has incubated companies like Airbnb, um, Coinbase, I must say, uh, and others, uh, Dropbox, uh, Reddit, and, and a lot of like really successful companies. So if they know anything, is they know what makes early stage company startups like succeed or, or fail. In fact, actually, they, they like to say they know what, what makes uh, startups fail. So they try to help you not fail and succeed. Um, and at the end of the day, the good news is that you get to run your business the way you want. So we're building something for Bitcoin and they just help us uh, succeed. So I think it's great. They give you money. Also, that's why I mentioned them. They give you money and help. Uh, and we're right through the program right now. It's ending in September. Uh, and uh, and yeah, we've, we're, we're growing so fast and excited to see what's coming next. So the way Y Combinator works, is this Peter Thiel's thing? Is that right? No. It, no, it's someone else's? Uh, no. I mean, they're all associated, you know, in some ways, right. the, mafia, the Silicon Valley mafia. But, yeah. But no, it's um, it was started by this guy called Paul Graham. Yes, um, Paul Graham. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so he wrote the famous Paul Graham essays about entrepreneurship uh, in the early two thousands. And then I think, if I'm not mistaken, Y Combinator started in two thousand early two thousand. I can't tell if it's two thousand two, three, or even a bit later. Um, and the idea was to give startups money for equity so they take a piece of like they take shares in your business i don't know if it was always seven percent but today it's seven percent it's public so i can say they give you one twenty five thousand dollars us dollars mm -hmm. for seven percent uh and actually we're the first batch so this summer they give you five hundred thousand dollars for seven percent really uh, so they they okay. give you more money uh and i like their thesis i'll give small parenthesis but i like the thesis for them is like times are tough so let's give our startups an unfair advantage and give them more money. That's that's the way they think. Um, so that's why they increased the investment amounts when every everything you hear is people are, you know, hoarding like every investment firms are now hoarding their money and like they're withdrawing the number of investments they do. Uh, so they they just took the they flipped the thing. They're like, let's give our startups unf an unfair advantage. Um, so that's the way it works. And then they help you. It's a three months program. 
they help you essentially find what's called product market fit. So essentially, you don't want to make sure you build um, something that people want. <laughs> as simple as that. It, it, it's hard to do. Uh, are you people... <laughs> are you assigned somebody to to help you through the program, or is it a different person each week, or like how does that work? Uh, they have what they call group partners. So these are people that built businesses in the past. Uh, so and then they have something called visiting group partners, who are also people who've been successful entrepreneurs and are now vi like visiting group partners. So they're just there to help as well. Um, and yeah, it's I mean, if anything, these guys are very interesting. To listen to because they've built billion dollar businesses and uh you know i think one of our group partners for in our case for example is michael sable he he's one of the early co-founders of twitch uh so hearing the story about twitch in the early days very interesting uh we have one of one of the co-founders or the founder of optimizely that was sold to google um you know uh, different people who've built different businesses uh and and they know like they know a few things if i if i can tell if i can say anything is like they they've seen so many startups now through y combinator to give everyone an idea that's listening they fund 300 companies twice a year mm. uh so they see 600 startups every year and it's now been like what a decade it wasn't always this number of startups but now that's the reach it, it got uh and so like they say if they know anything is they know exactly they know better than they're the biggest actually investor in early stage companies in the world. Uh, and as a result, they know better than anyone what makes early stage companies fail, not succeed. That's the way they frame it, like fail. So they will help you understand when you'll fail or when you're about to fail or when you're on track to fail so that you can you can pivot, you know, you can adapt your strategy. Um, and so, yeah, you meet those group partners every week, essentially. And, uh, you have one that's more dedicated because he'll have more self-interest in your business because of his experience, but you can meet any of them. They're all your group partners. Are you orange pilling these guys at the same time? Um, good question. Uh, I want to say yes and no, because these guys have, have their own thesis by now, you know? Um, and I must say something, um, in some ways, unfortunately, uh, a lot of the, because, you know, as someone who's building a technology startup, I get to meet a lot of people with a lot of capital and people who invest in early stage companies. And the thesis for these guys is not Bitcoin, I must say. Um, I mean, it, maybe it'll be a surprise for some and maybe it won't be for others, but it, their thesis is, you know, Web3 and crypto and all these stuff. So that's why I say yes and no. Uh, yes, in the sense that we're sharing with them our strategy with Bitcoin and what we think the Bitcoin will be in the future and and how we'll get there. Uh, and that's fine because that fits in their overall Web3, <laughs> overall crypto and Web3 uh, thesis. But but uh, for them, it's just one piece of the puzzle. For us, it's the, it's, it's the whole puzzle, but uh, they all have their own thesis. So we're trying uh, to, to explain how we do things, but at the same time, these guys, um, you know, have made their own mind. Uh, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So the message I wanted to say is like, I wish there was more capital coming through for entrepreneurs from people who have that same type of thesis that I guess we have internally, which is what we think Bitcoin, the, the place Bitcoin will have and, you know, well, the impact it'll have on, on society. There's a few, like, I'm sure you, you know, you and others who are listening know them. Um, 
but there aren't that many. Like, I mean, there's a lot of startups who are getting started or being started. Startups need a lot of capital sometimes. Uh, and it's also a numbers game. Like if there's only 10 Bitcoin only VCs in the world, and we know that the percentage that one mm -hmm. invests in you is like 2%, that's, that's the actual stats. Well, no, then, then you're actually not going to have any money at the end of your fundraising roadshow. Uh, so you're going to have to turn to someone else. Um, so yeah, just, just that's my two cents uh, as being on the building side. Uh, so yeah. That's, so that's for any story. builders out there listening, how what what's the process of applying to Y Combinator? It's very standardized, actually, Y Combinator. So I can tell you, it's you'll find it online, but it's um, it's a two step process. It's very short, very standardized. You will have an online application, so you have as much time to fill it out as you need by the deadline, obviously, uh, which is about your business, your customers, the team. You have a one-minute founder video to record, uh, so you pitching with your co-founders uh, what you're doing, what you're building. Uh, once you pass that, for those that pass the first step, uh, you get to do a 10-minute interview with the group partners, with your group partners. Uh, and for 10 minutes, to give everyone an idea, they fire about 40 to 60 questions at you. So uh, there's this infamous rule that if you take more than 10 seconds to answer, you're out. Uh, which is pretty intense. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they want people to be very concise, very sharp. If they ask you for a number, just give the number. Uh, don't start to explain why it's the number is not where you think it should be or whatever. Uh, and then if you pass that, they literally the next day tell you you're in and they give you $500,000. <laughs> That's the the American power, as I call it. Of You know, they, the US has a lot of capital. That's why there's a lot of innovation. Um I'm just saying this as like drawing a parallel with France and people mm -hmm. ask me like, what's the difference between Europe and the US? That's one how, of them. How many other Bitcoin companies have they backed? Do you know? Bitcoin only? or Yeah, or Bitcoin zero. only. Zero. Fucking hell, plebs. There, there's an untapped spigot of money here. You know, just, just go and begging because you guys, you yeah, you've opened the floodgates potentially. You know, to to if you're going to lead by example as a Bitcoin only company and become successful in the eyes of Y Combinator, then they're going to start looking for other Bitcoin only projects that can come in behind you and pass that 10 second. Anyone out there should be able to pass that. I mean, Christ, we we've got what 280 characters on Twitter. That's all we do all day. Like you know, yeah. that takes 10 seconds, right? <laughs> no, exactly. But and it's funny you said I join you there completely because. Again, I think before we were talking about how do we influence people, you know, on Bitcoin versus the rest. And I think by building a Bitcoin only is product is one way to do it. But same thing for investors. If you can show that you can build a successful Bitcoin only business, like you said, I think that's one way to orange pill them. Uh, if investors only care about one thing is to make money. I mean, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's for be them, real. Uh, it, it's all about the exit, right? It's exactly. all about. Um, so I'm thinking more along the lines of you know companies out there that are building Bitcoin only hardware wallets, for example. Just let's example, just pick yeah. one, and they you know that that's cash intensive. But if they go to Y Combinator, they could pick up you know half a million dollars to go and build out their project. And by now, they would definitely have a feel for the market and be able to project numbers and get through those uh, 40 questions, like uh, like you said, pretty simply. Yeah. There's absolutely no downside 
for someone to apply online takes how long to apply like not not very long no, not, i would say not so long not so long exactly and and it's 500k which is it's it's worth it the the network it, it, the good news is that if you do things well you get you stay in control of your company so mm-hmm. at the end of the day people can see this as a negative it's like oh but if you take an investor that's thinks differently that applies first of all not only to bitcoin and versus others it applies to anything any decision you want to make for your business it becomes a problem only the day you have no more control of your company the day you have no more control of your company then you're going to hope that you pick the right people but yeah but but before that um it doesn't really matter so so just an entrepreneur should just take the money at this point I, that's my take on it is just take the money uh, it will allow if it allows you to get from point to your you know to your next objective, uh, then just do it, uh, and then you can you get to pick what the company do does uh, and, and the direction you want to take. So that's the way we're thinking about it. Obviously, not everyone agrees with what we're doing, or people suggest us to do a lot of different things, as you can imagine. Um, well, you've you've only given up seven percent. Uh, yes, but we raised one million, so we also gave up some some shares at that point. Uh, so we we've now raised a total of one point five million uh okay and and it's not much more to give you the good i mean i can't say uh exactly how of much course. but it's it's we still have control of the company right uh, which is which is the most important uh and we'll we'll continue to have it for 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 quite some time unless we start raising a lot of money then obviously you lose control of the company um and the good news is that the way i like to see it is like if you if people have suggestions we'll take it because we have money to invest on bitcoin essentially uh, you know, it's it's. I'm I'm not gonna make it completely a fairy tale either. It's like it has to be via Bitstack. <laughs> People mm-hmm. invested in Bitstack, but but uh, I'm pretty excited because we have people who are allowing us to push our mission forward, which is to democratize Bitcoin. And good news is that we're 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 focused very much into like the team is focused 100% on Bitcoin. Uh, so that's that's at the end of the day, that's what I care about. Uh, and we have a lot of very, like, we already have a lot of very exciting things coming up. But uh, for those that listen, we're looking very closely, for example, at a lot of open source projects, which gets me personally excited, like uh, BD, BDK, the Bitcoin Dev Kits, which would allow us, for example, to give more functionality directly via the BitStack app to actually have your own Bitcoin wallet um, so and have a non-custodial solution, uh, which which we don't have right now today. Uh, and then Lightning, obviously, is very exciting. And I think my goal is that in a f- very soon, I could pitch that there's X number of thousands of people that use Bitstack, and we can now distribute Lightning to them instantly by just pushing some update to the app. And mm-hmm. everyone suddenly has a Bitcoin wallet and Lightning on it as well. Uh, and that's, I don't know, I find that pretty exciting. So that's projects we're looking at. Um, so that, that capital allows us to look at those things, to invest in it. Um, by having the team spend time on it, uh, what else? And then just yeah, like trying to help people essentially save in Bitcoin. Uh, we're looking at things like earning Bitcoin, if I if that can be a teaser, but uh, earning Bitcoin, um, spending Bitcoin. You know, like just how can you use your Bitcoin in your everyday life? Essentially, are you able, or is this like contractually written that the the investment money that you know you're, you're you're given that's dropped into your business bank account. Does that have to stay in euros? Are you allowed to convert that to Bitcoin? Dare I say? What? Yes. What? Um, 
if if it's to hold in corporate treasury, let's say like MicroStrategy is doing, mm-hmm. I've looked into it. I can say, <laughs> uh, I mean, just just for fun, I was like, oh yes, what if we just <laughs> we just start holding Bitcoin ourselves as a company, mm-hmm. just because why not hold Bitcoin? But and there's many good reasons to potentially do it. Um, the thing is, today we we burn most, like we use most of that money, so it just yep. we don't have the capa- the capacity like a big company like a MicroStrategy that already holds billions of dollars every year uh, that to allocate some of it to any asset they want. In our case, we raise a million in 12 months, we'll, we'll have spent the million. You know, I'm exaggerating here, but that's yep. pretty much it. So it wouldn't make sense really for us to do that. Uh, but I've looked at it just out of you know pure curiosity because maybe one day we can make it part of our strategy that some of our tre- corporate treasury will be in Bitcoin. And it's possible to answer your question. Like legally, you can do it. That's the good news. For you guys, I guess it could be to provide a service, right? Because if you receive the money and you take, let's say, 10 grand and smash buy a Bitcoin with that, the reason being you're buying Bitcoin on behalf of your customers to then give that. So, you know, you're going to save them transaction fees further down the line but you also get to hold the bitcoin on your balance sheet does that make sense now you have volatility risk though as a company uh, if you do that of course but it's only yeah. 10 grand right it's it's a small amount uh and you you wouldn't i guess you would have you would only start giving those bitcoin out to customers once it was in profit sort of thing otherwise you'd be just plugged it straight into the uh, exchange like you mm-hmm. are now i see what so yeah that the there's there's smart like there's creative ways and smart ways to do it. Um, the question you have as a very young company, I would that and I guess I'm sharing with you the way I'm thinking about it on the spot. On by the way, just I think this is a great idea. But um, is that is that really the priority for us now? Uh, because we we we're such a small team, you know, with limited time and resources that. There's a lot of like, we have a lot of, like, if there's one thing we don't lack of, it's crazy ideas. We have a right. lot of crazy ideas, <laughs> uh, but we've got to pick, you know, which ones we do. And and for now, what we want to make sure first is that we have park market fit, that we're building people something people want uh, with a business model that works. Because that's the definition of park market fit is that is to make something people want, but in a, with a business model that works because you cannot sell a dollar at 50 cents. You know, I say this because a lot of entrepreneurs think, oh, I'll, I'll make this and I'll sell it and it's going to be extremely attractive. Well, that's because you're giving something cheaper than it actually worth. Mm-hmm. Um, that, And we've seen a lot of that with the crazy markets that there were in the past few years. Uh, people have built companies with a lot of venture capital and it was not sustainable. Uh, so that's what we're trying to figure out. Once we have figured out, I can say that there's a lot of crazy ideas we can do. There's a lot of like really cool things, pushing for more open source stuff, pushing for, uh, you know, things like maybe we can hold Bitcoin in our corporate treasury um, and, and you know, continue to push Bitcoin in as many hands as possible. But today we just have, we need to stay with a simple product, uh, make sure it works perfect, like almost perfectly. You know, there's a lot of bugs to fix. There's a lot of like new feature, new small features to, to push. When are um, we getting that, that daily spin wheel? Like they have in the uh, yes at Fold App yeah, in the yeah. US, yeah. <laughs> or ShakePay where you shake your phone, don't you? And some satoshis yeah. uh, fall into your account. Um, I can say we've looked at it. Like we wanted to include some sort of mini game in Bitstack, 
but right. again like we ended we didn't ended up doing it for two reasons a because we were overwhelmed very quickly by all the things we had to do so <laughs> it was not the number one priority uh and two because we didn't really know we didn't want to copy like the shake from shake pay or the the spin the wheel from uh, fold app so we've tried to come up with a different thing like could it be a snake game and you instead of eating uh, squares you eat bitcoins or you know, it could be different things um have you guys lit- seen have you seen sats man no no it doesn't ring By a bell the gamertron account which was uh I, nathan if you're listening I'm, I'm trying my best here for you buddy he, him and his son designed sats man and uh, okay. the, the account on twitter is gamertron g-a-m-e-r-t-r-o-n uh, and you've got the little Pac-Man going around, um, and the the ghosts are uh, shit coins that are chasing <laughs> around after after uh, after Satsman. And of course, the music in the background is like uh, it's perfect eighties arc- arcade music style. Is that to pump it up like it's brilliant you've got to go check it out yeah but they run every week they run a they run a thing like if you hit the top of the leaderboard that week you get twenty five thousand sats okay that's cool so yeah if you're interested they could just you know i'm sure they'd be uh happy to chat with uh with your app but they're uk based so they wouldn't get to see it it worked too much unless they visited the uk and used their revolut card uh visited the uh france (laughs) yeah yeah, no, I'll, I'll check it out for sure. I'm, I I love these these things. Um, and I was gonna say, I was gonna conclude on that. Uh, will we ever see, like, w- w- will we never see a mini game? Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll build something else. I think those are a little fun. It, basically, they're engagement features, just so every, everyone understands. Like, the reason ShakePay and others build those is because it helps you come back to the app every day. Of course. Um, and, and they look at a very small budget because you earn what like a hundred sets. Per day, yeah. but which is just a few cents but it's cool like everyone as long as everyone is happy it's, it's very nice um but that also well, gives you there's another excuse for you to smash by 10 grand's worth of bitcoin right to give away exactly. to your customers so you then you can hold bitcoin on your balance sheet under the guise <laughs> of well we've got this daily game so we have to be able to provide right yeah, yeah we're, we're getting to something <laughs> here i feel <laughs> but uh, i can give a very a, a real teaser though is um there's something that's picking up and that's just my thesis is like everything related to loyal. I mean, we talked about Foldapp. I think it's really cool what they're building and like things around rewards and, and like loyalty programs. And when we thought us about like, how do we now reach the, you know, the mass market as people like to call it uh, for Bitcoin as a company, um, I think the roundup feature was great because now people, it's it's effortless, but, but we pushed the question further is like, the only remaining barrier to entry for the roundup is that you still debit money from people's account. Like people still need to spend, like, like to, they still buy the Bitcoin, right? Like it's, there's still that potential barrier that, oh, I'm still investing five euros at the end of the week. Um, so what's good with rewards program is that it's free money, essentially. Um, and so we're looking at that because there's different ways it can be done. Folded it via all the purchases you do with the fold card. But if I'll give a teaser, there's a way to do it where we can potentially plug Bitcoin to everyone's existing bank account, the same way we've done it with the Roundup feature. Um, and that's something we're, we're de- diving. So I don't want to overpromise, And that's why I'm not saying too much because I like to say things when they're done. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully it'll be done soon and I'll announce it. But uh, if the same way we allowed anyone to connect their existing bank accounts 
uh, so that by definition gives you access to millions of like millions of now French people can save in Bitcoin directly from their bank account. Uh, it would be nice to pitch them like, hey, again, don't switch any life habits you have. Continue spending with your LCTL card or your Credit Agricole card. But as long as it's plugged in on Bitsack, we'll be able to reward you some Bitcoin. Who, who knows? Maybe that's uh, something we're trying to figure out. Interesting, mate. Interesting. You you might you might change people's spending habits completely. Like, uh, you know, you, you walk into the shop and th that one item you need is like one euro 99. And you just say to the lady, could you make it just two euro like this time yeah. <laughs> can i pay you the two euro because i you know, know then i'm gonna get stack a, a whole euro on top of that instead of the one cent you, you know you say that but literally today someone tweeted at us uh they were at the gas station right and they said i wanted to put i don't remember exactly the amount like they wanted to put <laughs> around amounts <laughs> and they just pushed it so it was <laughs> 50 euros and zero three cents oh you were like now I'm going to get 97 cents with Bitstack of Bitcoin. And I was like, that's pretty funny. They got to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's exactly what you said. Uh, All right, mate. Yeah, Love fun. it. Well, that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, I, I got to ask you the final question, of course. If you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? And I, I just had this question because I've heard this before, but I, I can it be... It's people who are alive today, or it's hypothetically anyone that ever existed that you could give. Go anywhere you like with it. Mm. I know, like the 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 mo the mo like the way most people would want to think about it is like who was the most influential person, right? I I would say, and like that you can orange pill, so maybe they can be the intermediary to influence as many people as possible. Um. You know, pol politicians is one uh, just because of the platform they have. Um, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, I've heard it on one of your podcasts. I can't remember who, but I think people have said the founding fathers of the US um, in the constitution. I can't remember if I'm just thinking someone said it or not, but I would, I would want to think that if somehow it could have been included in the constitution or maybe it didn't need to be. Uh, and I'm saying this, I'm not even American, so I don't really know, but I feel like that would be influential. Um, if it could be written in any some sort of constitu constitution or somehow it's like not enforced, but like there's some some components to it that's embedded. I don't know. I feel like I'm turning around the pot too long for for what is supposed to be a very simple question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I You know what? I'll just go the French route just because I have to say um, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte had a lot of influence over many different countries just because of the empire he built. Uh, I, d I obviously don't don't know how, who he was really as a person, but I know he had a lot of influence and I feel like he really democratized laws. He, I mean, Napoleon was famous for different things, but one thing he was famous for is that whenever he conquered different countries, he actually built a lot of infrastructure and a lot of laws about democracy were pushed thanks to him in some ways. And a lot of things also related to education and things like that. Um, so maybe one way to leave people with that it's maybe interesting to think what would have happened if Bitcoin existed and uh, Napoleon could have just helped it. But again, there was no software at the time, so it's a it's a shitty answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. it. I'll leave it on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, just go with Mbappe or something like that, and and, and everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, Mbappe. Yeah, one of the <laughs> the most followed person in France, and and didn't PSG sign with some some sort of like shitcoin or something like that? Oh, I think did they? 
Yeah, I mean, I saw something recently that almost every big sports team now has some sort of sponsored, or they have even their own cryptocurrency. I'm not sure. Ah, um, uh, yeah, okay. Um, I didn't know Paris Saint Germain had gone down that route as well, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, the, you we're know that. The, yeah, exactly. The um, like FTX Arena and shit like that is turning up all over the place, isn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. Even in the Formula One now, uh, you've got FTX all over the cars and uh, some some other shitty freaking. Yeah, let's not even talk about them. Bitcoin yeah. only, plebs. That's all you need to know. Bitcoin, Alex. I look forward to hanging with you in a few weeks, mate. Um, it is. It's soon. about 10 days, right? Yeah, it's about 10. Yeah, it's about two weeks. I'll, I'll see you there. Yeah. I look forward to uh, sharing a beer and uh, and hanging out and Let's um, do it. talking some more Bitcoin. And, and all the best with everything that you're doing. Really looking forward to, uh, to getting my, my push notifications. And uh, thank you for being an awesome pleb and for, for building something for, for the Bitcoiners. Uh, this is going to be something that is going to start taking off globally. I am sure it's an excellent idea. Congratulations. Thanks a lot again for having me, Daniel. And see you soon. That's see you, mate. Bitcoin. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, guys, did you enjoy that rip with Alex? Please make sure you reach out to him. Like I said at the beginning of the show, this is something, and at the end there, this is something I think that needs to be replicated around the world. This is, it's not easy to roll something like this out globally. So if you're a pleb, if you're a builder, if you've got time, if you've got the inclination, if you want to emulate this, if you want to help your community, your country, your people, whatever it is, you're down for the cause, this is definitely something that you should start looking into. Just these tiny little increments of stacking, just roundup stacking, whatever you want to call it, is a great idea. And it's just such a low key touch point for people to be able to um, start stacking sets and fall down that rabbit hole. And join us on this journey to wherever it might end. Uh, you know, it's not all gonna be a field of roses at the end of the rainbow. We got a lot of fight to go but we need as many people on our side as possible to uh, you know like uh, steer this sinking ship around that we are all trapped on under this fiat manipulated system so hope you enjoyed the show reach out to Alex and um, I'll catch you on the next one but before I, I sign out I just want to make sure again that you Make sure that you check out the show sponsors. You know who they are by now. I started at the beginning with them, but they are going to help you stack your sats. Swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. Relay.ch forward slash bitten. Coincorner.com forward slash social forward slash bitten. Don't know why they can't get rid of the social, but Danny said they can't. So, you know, take that up with him. Uh, get to the conferences. I'll see you there. I'll see you in Biarritz. I'll see you in Riga. I'll see you in Amsterdam. I'll see you in Prague for Liberty in Our Lifetime. And if you want to get across to the Pacific Bitcoin conference put on by Swan, there's a link in the show notes that's going to get you 10% discount. And don't forget to support your fellow plebs. Consensus Network are doing an incredible job transforming all of these books into other languages. And ungovernable misfits for your merch. Again, hit the links in the show notes. Hope you guys have a great 
day, afternoon, morning, whatever it is you're doing. Hope to see you in Silverstone as well. Big shout out again to the Bitcoin Racing guys. Take care and catch on the next show. And this time, I've got extra music, so I'm going to be quiet. You just enjoy the music. Goodbye, clips.